0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash show.
1: It's winter. The nights are long and full of terrors, and there is only one thing to help with that. A porter. And who knows that better than the people around the Baltics? It's cold and awful, and who wouldn't want to drink? The dark beer will flow tonight, and we can't wait to have a drink. Oh mm.
0: To have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier. I'm
3: Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hello. Hey, hello, everybody.
2: Four different voices this time. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Three of us held it down for New Year's Eve, which I guess we need to go ahead and say. Mashup. Two of us
2: held us down for New Year's Eve. <laughs> one of us.
3: I mean, one of us did did his years. usual
2: New Year's Eve shenanigans and <laughs> played to the crowd.
3: Uh played to the crowd, uh, chugged a bottle of uh, sake with squid ink and gold flakes in it.
2: Oh, never again. Not that I'll never drink sake again. I'm just not chugging like that again. <laughs> yeah, not, not, no not gold a
3: chugging sake. thing. Yeah. He's going to say that until Oktoberfest rolls around.
2: Chugging tune... <laughs> sake. That That's the oh, qualifier.
3: That's <laughs> the qua- okay, yeah. that's the qualifier. So, no, um, it was all for good reason. Uh, if you haven't checked out the New Year's Eve episode, it's extremely long, but it's it's a departure from the usual. Uh, it's nothing informative. But uh, we have a good time and raise money. And it is to be said, we did hit our goal. Uh, we, we contributed our part to the shattering of a record for uh, Diamond Club. And mm. we managed to raise over $10,000. By,
2: by 4 a.m. Eastern time or midnight Pacific when the clocks reset.
3: Yeah, yeah, when the clocks reset, we were over 10 grand. So I don't know. Like after that, it's just moving on as the jump start to this coming New Year's Eve. But uh, we shattered our record by four grand, and that (laughs) is awesome. Like this thing is just spiraling out of control, and it's fantastic. It's all for Children's Miracle Network, all for a great cause. I think. Last year was six thousand. Before that, it was like two. So yeah. we are just exponentially yeah. jacking this price up, and it is amazing. And <coughs> it is a massive thanks to everyone listening, everyone who watches, and everyone who donates. If you didn't get to watch, didn't get to donate during the stream, you can watch it or listen to it after the fact. And the sites are up to start for next year. Like the fundraising goes on all year. It's just the main push is New Year's Eve. Yeah, so it's already we usually, up. we're already yeah. raising. I think we
2: we start our pushes usually around uh, Oktoberfest because.
3: So Oktoberfest yeah. is when we'll be online doing something real dumb to raise raise money,
2: <laughs> whatever it's going to be. Uh, well, how's uh, how's everybody else doing, Casey? We haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, Woo! Oh, um, that's how excited he is not to be around us. No. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, I've been been do good. Got back from Disney, so glad to have the time off. Uh, to go take the kids there. Uh, Really good. So as you all were doing the show, we were eating at um, uh, Boma, the African restaurant there, which was really cool. Um, The kids were not having it, though, so it was kind of of like one of those embarrassing moments. You're in a restaurant too nice to have (laughs) two-year-olds.
3: Yeah. Boma's.
2: Um, You mean anything at all. There's no restaurant that's nice enough to have two-year-olds in.
1: (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) <laughs> I feel like Disney's used to it um, having having kids in restaurants like that but it was one
2: how hard did they scream for french fries in the African restaurant.
1: Oh, I mean it was like they didn't necessarily hate anything that we had there. It was just like they were moody the whole time. <laughs> um so like we got them we got drinks. Like every time you go to a restaurant in Disney, you got to have like something special drink wise as well. So we got drinks as we were waiting for our table.
2: Look, I was and... there when I was 9. I don't know. I don't know this rule.
1: Oh yeah. When you were 9, you got something very similar to the kids did. So we got our, you know, whatever drinks and nope got them a Shirley Temple each. And so they were fighting over a Shirley Temple, and it looked like we had two kids that were fighting over alcohol because <laughs> it was in the same <laughs> cup as, as all the, the liquor drinks from the bar. So, Fantastic.
2: Yeah, kind of no, fun. that's that's usually a big no-no in the restaurant thing. You don't put a Shirley Temple in the same kind of glass that you put alcohol in.
1: Yeah. Um, so that was – yeah. they were all like the clear plastic cups, so that was kind of the mm. – the go to on there. I don't know if they changed straw colors or something, which was another issue. At least it wasn't to... like
3: La Salier or something.
1: Uh, no, we actually had reservations at La Salier and canceled them to uh, do the pizza restaurant instead. There we were there. like, probably not a good idea to go there with kids. Yeah, um, but that, we did have one reservation so... at uh, the Magic Kingdom, a Magic Kingdom restaurant. And I we look around um, and Frank was not there. And I look at Ashley and I'm like, do you know where Frank is? And she's like, Frank, where are you? And he pops out from underneath the table. I'm right here! (laughs) Like, get (laughs) up here and sit down. (laughs) That's, um...
3: Which Magic Kingdom restaurant?
1: Um, It was the one that's themed the same as the Jungle Cruise. uh,
3: Oh, you went to Skipper Cantina?
1: Yeah, Skipper Ted Cantina. Yep, that was it.
3: I want to go there so bad.
1: Um, I usually don't get like the, the vegetarian meals, but I got the noodles, and that was some good noodles. Um, yeah. It was good stuff. Like they had really good chicken, really good everything there. I mean, it's Disney. What do you What do you expect? Yeah. But uh, I'm with everybody else right now. I think Disney's getting a little <laughs> little too greedy. But uh, we'll see if the CEO makes it much longer. Oh
3: yeah. my god! Yeah, like, he's terrible.
1: <laughs> but otherwise, um been been pretty good we are changing some stuff up at the the brewery Uh um yeah so we had originally opened up the second location we had in the same building a pizza oven it was going to cost more more or less to get the pizza oven out of there than it was to just leave it so we just said hey we'll we'll continue making pizzas but it's good pizzas yeah enjoy the pizza but at this point i think we've decided we need the space for brewing stuff more than we need the the little bit that the pizza actually breaks in. Mm-hmm. So we're moving, um, we're selling that, getting rid of it and moving in a canning line. Oh. So we'll be able to do 10 cans a minute. Um, just put the, the payment in for that. And so be able to do 10 cans a minute and get you those still out.
2: Gonna, still going to do food at that place or we're putting out a call for, um,
1: for, uh, food trucks, Okay. To potentially come and set up in a rotation, but at the rate that we were selling, it really didn't didn't make sense. Like we yeah. we have like a place where people come for an event and they've already eaten because it's like a, mm-hmm. a show, yeah. or it's a place where you just come in and and grab a drink. But it's more of like up and we got some new video games and stuff like that in there. So
2: oh yeah. god, the last time the last time. And you had talked on the show. I hadn't been to the been to the new location yet. Oh yeah, so the old locations we kept burgers and everything
1: because we're yeah, really yeah, yeah, restaurant no. driven. Um, there, that's that's a restaurant more than it is a, a tap room,
2: to be yeah. perfectly honest. Sorry, I just it just dawned on me that yeah, that was the last time I was on a show with you was before mm-hmm. Christmas when around Christmas time I think it was I went down there and yeah. we.
1: Yeah, so we'll be in uh, starting to put out in stores, and we're already in Lexington now. Um, I just took some beer up to Ashland, so we'll be, we'll be up in that area. Where and are we'll, you up here? Um, let's see, we should. It's be not at, in my room. <laughs> we should be at um. I don't know, there's like some law that I can't say uh, without telling everybody. So oh,
2: no, um, it's fine. You can tell me off off. A, it's stream. a few it's
1: restaurants there that we we've gotten in some more upscale restaurants. So um, yeah, feel free oh. to pop in and and I think um, Bear and Butcher is the most recent of those, hmm. which okay. is a, a meat based uh, meat. place.
3: Sold again. But yeah, uh, I, I, the group can get you the hookup if you're looking into the Northern Kentucky market. We may know someone who's a beer buyer.
1: Is he is he on the? Kentucky side? Yes. Oh yeah.
3: He's the sure. beer buyer and assistant manager for
1: I knew, a store. I knew he was. He was. I didn't know the location or what. You know, once you get up there, you're kind of like, where am I? Yeah. Um, where am I? But yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, hmm. How How are things in the land of the walkers?
3: Um. <laughs> complicated. I don't know. Just. Uh, we had uh, been
0: under exposure quarantine. Um, from the daycare, so daycare and and, and his worked. work actually, yeah, and
3: it's it was a double whammy, and then we just we ended up sitting around for half the week, all just kind of looking at mm-hmm. each other and bored out of our minds. And um, Emmett's obsessed with watching one either one of us play Mario, and he's into it more than he should be. It stop. He it reenacts
0: will come. like uh, oh, and <laughs> if you Emmett stop, is very objective focused. He's like dad. There's a flag right there. Flag! <coughs> like he will start screaming. On top He's of like, his "Why is Mario not running to the flag at if, this very moment?" Like,
3: if I detour and I'm like, "There's a star over here. I need to get," he he will just start screaming, "Flag! Flag!" <laughs> He's like, "The point is to get through the level." <laughs> I was like, "No, no, Dad's a completionist. We have to get all the stamps, all the stars. We we've <laughs> got to complete this thing."
0: It's Super Mario 3D World. So, uh,
3: on uh,
0: and then I. I finished the game and then I'm on the Bowser's Fury DLC thing, uh, which I feel is better than the game even. Uh, but yeah, and then every and like every three seconds, like Bowser, Bowser Junior, <laughs> <laughs> like yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's weird
2: to hear a kid call them that, not Koopa.
0: Yeah,
3: mm. he calls them bongos. But for some no reason, he started
0: why. calling the Koopas bongos, and we're just like,
3: all right, like, yeah. yeah, they're bongos. All right, man. Let's do it. <laughs> Nothing. But yeah, we're at least all, we know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. No one's no one's sick here though. We're all we're all fine it's and it's hilarious it's to the point that uh one morning Emmett just he coughs, just one cough. She goes, <coughs> and then looks around and goes, <laughs> "I cough."
0: <laughs> <laughs> good observation. But otherwise we, we we've gotten to like catch up on things. Like
3: Oh yeah, I finally got to see all of uh season 2 of Witcher. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: and then uh we we like just watched, uh, we're basically catching up on Disney Plus stuff. Canto, caught up
3: Jungle Cruise, and then uh,
0: ca- caught up on Book of Boba Fett. Um, at this point, Watched all I of think, Hawkeye. Uh,
1: so, everything except for this week's episode, I think I'm there for okay. Boba Fett.
3: Loving Boba Fett.
2: I'm, I'm like two Disney shows behind. I'll eventually get there. <laughs>
1: um, we had a a covid scare as well i don't know how I, I, we're incredibly lucky on this one so ashley's sister came in from california and stayed with some family some friends in ohio she was here for about five days came to our house and on the way called and said man i've just got the stuffy nose all this i'm just tired um <laughs> I think it's jet lag. And I'm thinking to myself, jet lag doesn't last five days, but jet and, lag
2: doesn't give you a stuffy nose
1: and coming this way. Like she was like, I'm tired. I think it's jet lag and it's changing the seasons. So she comes here, stays maybe three hours, sits on the couch, really doesn't play with the kids a whole lot. Cause she's just goes, sleeps in the bed and then leaves for about three hours. She was here. And then, uh, we are like, alright, that's that. We're getting ready to leave Christmas Day. It's Christmas Eve, so Christmas is the next day. Um, Christmas morning, get a phone call. Yeah, I took a at-home test. I'm positive. <laughs> Great. So we didn't go to anybody's house on Christmas. We still haven't actually had my parents Christmas. Um, and we're like trying to go through, alright, let's go buy a half dozen tests. I'll, I'll test on the way down there. I'll stay separate, you know, on the way to Florida the next morning after that too. So, like, it was a, it was an interesting go, but luckily, yeah, again, incredibly lucky because nobody caught it.
2: Casey, uh, I'm just, I'm just certain your family has like COVID immunity after me being I, right next to you.
1: Yeah, actively I, dying. And that's what I'm, I'm thinking that, and knock on wood, I'm thinking that I may be just one of those folks that has a genetic predisposition to not be as susceptible to it. I'm still triple vaccinated. You know, it's not right. like we're pushing that, but. Um, we also have had colds, and I heard a study not too long ago that the cold actually increases T cells to help give you pr- pr- uh, protection. So um, I think that may have helped some, but
2: sure, it's like, T cells. Isn't that the the thing that you
1: know, it, smoking wrong. used to soothe? That's no. Oh, that's your T zone.
2: Oh, okay, <laughs>
1: your T zone. Uh, T cells, same stuff that uh, <laughs> HIV. Uh, oh they, no, they, you're they fine. I was
2: I was shit. just making I I just wanted to make a, a cigarette joke.
1: <laughs> but uh, we're still as surprised at, you know, after that and after spending five days in Disney, we still haven't caught it. I'm like, we've been watched after or got good genetics or something. I don't know what it Disney's gotten yeah.
3: under control. That's they're, they're pretty
1: good. Um, anytime that you walk into a building, they have somebody there to tell you to put a mask on. Like they are really strict about that. But they you don't, but they like, don't even tell even you,
2: the they don't tell you is that uh, Disney has COVID camps.
1: I told Ashley whenever we first got exposed, I was like, "If they think that we've got COVID, they're going to kick us out and not give our money back." Mm -hmm. And so we were, we were both stuffy nosed, but I mean, we took tests over and over again. We, but like I said, we bought six tests to repeatedly test two days out, three days out, six days out, and then continue on. But um, we had this like weird, funky nasal congestion and that was it but it was enough to make you look like you had something going on but it wasn't you know no testing positive or anything so it wasn't COVID, but it was like
0: eh, they may get suspicious (laughs) they're right Well, i mean it's also florida like i don't i don't know like right i I never had allergy problems until we were at disney and i was like i can't breathe Yeah. Oh yeah. There's some flower down there. You need to be back in
3: the Zertec if you're going to Disney. And that was what it was. It was
1: really. It was pretty much as soon as I got there, it started. So that that and believe it or not, if anybody's facing this right now, there's a Mucinex nasal spray that has menthol in it. Oh. Oh. Shoot that stuff up your nose, you're good for like six or eight hours. Yeah. (laughs) It was the best stuff.
2: Huh. All right.
3: Uh. Well. Speaking of. Clearing out those sinuses, I guess. Uh, we had news for the first time in a long time. What?
2: Yeah. Don't you doesn't don't you blow your nose during the news episodes?
3: Yeah. Little little news, Brittany, to Clear out those I'm sinuses. Wor-
2: I'm worried about your about your nasal hygiene, but anyway. <laughs>
3: you got to quit with the netty pots. I'm telling you.
2: Just just listen to more have a drink news, where you'll find. Hide stories to clear out your sinuses.
3: All the yeah. all the great depressing stories about uh so many wonderful regional level breweries uh selling out. Yeah, buy, and buyouts
0: was- and and alcohol removal from alcoholic items and
3: and uh we do have to say uh Casey predicted most of them. I mean in a general sense like 3 years ago one of his uh New Year's predictions was at uh regional level breweries we're gonna have a real tough time and sure enough all of them are pretty much selling out
2: yep so then tough
1: we also, or good i don't know it depends on which end of the purchase you're on i guess I don't know.
2: yeah we also found out Fresca now comes with alcohol but mm.
3: and whistle pigs making a whiskey with no alcohol uh, because nothing makes sense
2: and nothing matters
3: <laughs> because 2022 is going to be a dumpster fire
2: all right well uh, i believe we may have a topic to discuss
4: today
2: no really not yet
3: but i'm getting there (laughs) let's go to the uh dumpster fire of part of the world i guess
2: uh, uh, Baltics don't have the best Yeah, no, I get what he's trying to go for oh. uh,
3: Historically
2: <laughs> Welcome to Crimea um, The, uh, the Baltic style porter Is a smooth, cold fermented Cold lagered uh, Beer traditionally brewed with Lager yeast Is there a Is there not a cold lager? Is there a hot lager? <laughs> yes
0: A hot lagered beer?
2: i feel no. like i feel like at that point you're just spitting in the eye of yeast
1: <laughs> um hold on let me let me look at something okay like
3: actually no that's what well the, I, that's what the uh was the what do they call it coal uh, the ipl uh, that's that's oh. spitting in the face of yeast
2: yeah california common oh yeah because yeah, it's longer fermented beer. at l temperatures Steam beer, yeah. All right, that that tracks there, yeah. Well, because of its high alcohol strength, man, I wish I had a Baltic Porter tonight. Um, mm-hmm. It may include uh, low complex alcohol flavors, large fruitiness such as berries, grapes, plums, plum full of flavor. Plum, plum. uh
3: Mighty Tidy whitey, and I'm smuggling plums. I love smuggle. that song.
2: God. All right, real quick aside. Someone mentioned something about uh, about the Bloodhound Gang who uh, were like much younger than. Me. Like, yeah, they have like one song. Oh no,
3: Mm-mm. allow me to show you a world. They have. <laughs> I I argue that uh, One Fierce Beer Coaster is their best album, and that was before <laughs> that was the album before Hooray for Boobies. And oh yeah, One Fierce Beer Coaster is amazing.
2: Oh, God, uh, God, we're old. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway so, – uh, uh, oh, go ahead.
1: Aside to the aside, um, you have to check out something, if you haven't already, called Sax Swa- Squatch. No, oh, I've seen Sax. S-A-X. Squatch. Okay, cool. Uh, just recently – I thought that you found it interesting. Recently discovered this.
2: I, I don't know what we're talking about, but okay. I'm just picturing uh, jazz musician Sasquatch. Um, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, pretty close, yeah. Out in the middle uh, of the woods. Okay. Think more –
2: Picturing Sasquatch playing, uh, uh, I can't think of the actual name. All I can think of the name of the song is Baker Dick from the, my dick album.
1: Um, a little bit, but think of that mixed with some, um, techno, uh, what's the, the two guys in robot helmets? Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Daft Punk, saxophone, and Sasquatch.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also dating ourselves is, is, right. is, my, is my love of Daft Punk, but, um, Anyway, um, continue. <laughs> yeah, this style has the malt flavors uh, of a brown porter and the roast of a Schwarzbier. It's bigger in alcohol and body. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to read that as the uh, uh, said Arby's. Someone had the commercial like, "We have the meats." Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's Arby's. Malts. They got the vodkas now.
2: Real <laughs> oh. quick, real quick, but you God. Oh.
3: <laughs> Couldn't find that, or we definitely would have drank that for New
2: Year's Eve. Oh, mm, <laughs> uh, my! Uh, my youngest niece looked up at my mother. I uh, don't know my mother at my uh, at her mother, my sister, and said, "I was like, Mom, what if Arby shuts down?" <laughs> I, 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 it's fine, Aubrey. Why? He's like, but they have the meats, <laughs> and that's when I went, God. I love this child so much.
3: I share her worry. What if Arby's dust shut down? Where will I get my meats? My
1: <laughs> Instead of a never-Trumper, she's a never-vegan.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, I gotta get away from that. Or I'm just gonna tell cute stories about my nieces. Uh, the Baltic Porter may also be described as an Imperial Porter, although heavily roasted uh, or hopped versions are not appropriate to this style. Most versions are in the 7 to 8.5% ABV range. Uh, Danish brewers often prefer uh, refer to them as stouts because the Danes are wrong, uh, which indicates a historic li- uh, uh, lineage from the days when porter which is just used a generic term for porter and stout. Uh, although I was when I was shopping for 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 beer today, I was remembering like early like early episode when we did one on porters uh, or stouts, where we had we had the argument. It was like it's like wait, is porter and stout just a square and rectangle argument? Yes. I think that was the, the conclusion. That, yeah. yeah, that it was not all not all stouts or porters, but wait, not all porters or stouts, but all stouts or porters, or at uh, least they used to be. Once upon a time, uh, despite its dark color, it is most certainly not a roasty beer. At least not in the tr- traditional sense. There's a perceivable dark malt flavor, but it is left out. Uh, what is left out is the burnt, husky, coffee ground flavors that you would taste in a strong stout.
0: It's unfortunate.
2: Uh, instead, the flavor is more like a hot chocolate. Uh, it is only one of many featured flavors that is usually uh, that usually include dark fruit, anise, molasses, toffee, and black currant.
1: I need to make this
2: right I, as we're doing this episode. I was like, man, I I guarantee you, at the end of this episode, Casey's going to be like, all right, it's time to get back to work on a Baltic porter for the brewery.
1: I've got a line of of. German lager yeast that um, I've got three beers planned with it. If it's still looking good on cell counts and viability and low bacteria levels, I may roll it over into a fourth beer and make this one.
2: Uh, God, I'm just trying to think of dumb names to call your uh, uh, call your Baltic Porter, and uh, I have. I have ideas, but I don't think they're quite accurate to the region. Um,
1: All shall be culturally insensitive.
2: Well, not even culturally insensitive. <laughs> oh, it probably is. Um, but I was like, man, I bet you there's a war we can name this after. Uh, much less roasted uh, and smoother than imperial stouts, typically the less alcohol, lacks the roasty qualities of stouts uh, in general. Uh, more taking on the roasted but not burnt characteristics of a Schwarzbier. Uh Quite fruity, higher in alcohol compared to other porters. Uh, I mean, it's not as alcoholic as a stout. Let's not go crazy here, but compared to porters, it's got some heft. I don't know.
1: It's it's not as alcoholic as an imperial stout. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah.
2: that's fair. Uh, kind of in between. Uh, yeah, the uh, I don't know, Casey. It's I feel like uh, uh, I'm looking at Balkan Wars now. Uh, Could we call your... What could we call a Balkan reporter for you? Uh, uh, Ooh. Hmm. I feel like there's an Alexander the Great joke somewhere in there. Uh, Nice vamping, Bob. uh, Or maybe a... uh, Oh, uh, um, uh, the Gavrilo Princep.
1: Mmm, that brings back things
3: I haven't heard
2: in a while. That's that's a, that's a deep cut for...
3: Alright, a side over.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, but maybe we need to talk about a little bit about the history of the Baltic Porter.
3: Are you sure we don't need to get into the history of, uh... The area?
2: I mean, I'm willing to do that, but...
3: If it had been me or you that had written this one, it, it would have been oh. a lot of boring history that no one else cared about. <laughs> yes. 100%. <laughs> All right, let's get into the history of the Baltic Porter. Uh, as, as its name makes evident, is a style of porter that was common to the areas around the Baltic Sea. In other words, the places where winter isn't a mere season, it's a way of life. Because winter is coming. As you might imagine, then, uh, this is a beer that should be able to keep you warm on a cold evening. It has relatively high ABV. Uh, the range is going to be from 7% to uh, 10%.
1: And these come from various different sources. So, you know, everybody's kind of got what their example is, but just moderately high in the sub-10% range.
3: 1% to 100%. 1%
1: <laughs> One to 100
3: I mean, that's if... Uh, Dogfish were to make a <laughs> Baltic porter.
2: <laughs> Baltic wide porter.
3: <laughs> 90% alcohol. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Baltic porter. Oh, wait. Uh, skipped a bit. My bad. It's a clean lager fermentation character and complex malt pro- profile.
1: <laughs> I got it. If you make a really big, like an imperial Baltic porter, it needs to be called Latvia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, can you make a Baltic – can you make a sweet Baltic porter that has uh, baklava?
3: (laughs) You could. um, Wouldn't be to stop, but we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. So the Baltic porter is a traditional beer. uh, uh, Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, traditional beer from countries bordering the Baltic Sea developed uh, indigenously after higher gravity export brown or imperial stouts from England were established. Historically, top fermented lager yeast, m- many breweries adapted the recipes for bottom fermenting ale yeast, along with the rest of their production. I mean, we got to change some things.
1: Yeah, so like it's a historically <laughs> ale. I mean, lager yeast, but. If you're taking the style and moving it into different places or taking it into a, an indoor brewing facility instead of what you had was outdoor and your temperatures go from an average of 45, 50 degrees up to you know, 70, 80 degrees inside, you're going to switch your yeasts and go a little bit cooler on the L yeasts rather than using just lager yeast to get a clean fermentation character. All
3: right. The Oxford Companion to Beer says the Baltic Porter is an offshoot of the 18th century porter style, channeled through the history of imperial stout. In the late 1700s, Henry Thrale's Anchor Brewery in London, uh, famous for its dark porter beers, shipped a strong version into the Baltic countries. Much of the beer was bound for Russia, whose empress, Catherine the Great, I feel like we've told this story a couple times, had developed a liking for it as a result uh, of imperial connections. Sometimes real and often imagined, the beer style became known as imperial stout or Russian imperial stout. In 1795, Matthew Kunkannon, uh the author of the history of antiquities of the parish of St. Savior Southwark <laughs> said of Thrails beer at the time,
1: so if this beer is pretty close to the stout in style, but it's like a little bit... If you use that lager yeast and dial everything back just a little bit, um, maybe you started with the Imperial Stout, and then this is sort of like a, a more drinkable version of that, I've always especially if you're that. making it fresh.
3: I've always felt that about a porter, and there is something... It, despite character, like everything's describing character as, it's not saying sweeter, but like everything they're describing lends itself to sweeter. And I it's think it's because it's drier.
1: Yeah, so it's those sweet. It would be like if you had caramel flavor, but not sweetness. Like yeah. those <laughs> types of of sweetish. Flavors, and it'll talk a little bit more. I think in the in the, maybe the recipe section about about why that is that you you get that perception, but it, definitely some some of those flavors that are associated with what would typically be sweet, desserty type things.
3: Yeah. All right. So uh, the quote: the reputation reputation and enjoyment of porter is by no means confined to England. As proof of the truth of this assertion. This house exports annually very large quantities. So far extended are its commercial connections that Thrall's entire uh, is well known as a delicious beverage from the frozen regions of Russia to the burning sands of Bengal and Sumatra. The empress of all Russia is indeed so partial to Porter that she has ordered repeatedly very large quantities for her own drinking and, uh, and that of her court. And her horse. Uh, Couldn't let it go.
2: <laughs> it's too yeah. good a myth.
3: Uh, the name entire refers to the original name of Fort Porter. Okay. Uh,
2: I will say as they're kind of going going through that, all I can think of is like, oh, so that's why England thinks it it it, it deserves the right for everyone's stuff. It's like, well, look, we gave you Porter. You <laughs> give us all of your nice uh, nice museum pieces as payment. Oh, they're man. ours
3: and i maintain one of the the greatest quotes of uh, uh was it last year yeah the, one of the best quotes of the entirety of 2021 is the uh the british museum is an active is the world's largest active crime scene oh yeah <laughs> uh. but more than a dozen london breweries produced strong export porters at the time And through agents, they shipped beer through the Baltic ports into Sweden, Finland, Russia, Latvia, Lithuania, Livonia, now split between Latvia and Estonia, and Poland. In 1890. Poland was there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's always Poland.
3: In 1890. The Russian. (laughs) Oh, Lord. uh, The Russian. Yeah. Uh, Immigré. Immigré. uh, Nikolai.
2: Symbiotroph,
3: yeah, what, what Justin said, uh, began producing guessing. his own version outside of Helsinki, Finland. Oh, well, yeah, he said, Forget this, why import it when we can make it? Uh, Sweden started yep. brewing strong porter in the late 1700s when William Knox came from England to Gothenburg and built a brewery there. By 1836, the Scottish Im- what,
2: what? Immigre. immigre, you know, when you, when, when you oh, leave the place, you're yes. now an immigrant as opposed yes. to being an immigrant,
3: Scottish immigrate, David Carnegie had set up nearby and began brewing Carnegie Porter as large <laughs> brewing reach.
1: You know how you get a Carnegie Porter, right? Practice.
3: Jesus.
2: <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Uh, mm-hmm. I okay. I really need someone to email us if they got that joke.
3: It, that joke hurts, and I do have to. So, another aside here there's gonna be a thousand asides because none of us have talked for like yeah. seriously a month. Yeah, it's what um, you
1: get when you put a bunch of inverts or in not inverts, but uh, introverts, introverts. into yeah. uh, their own yeah. lives and then give them a room with other introverts.
3: Yep, so I've got to say, Jungle Cruise, uh, I think the first 45 minutes of the movie, no, 40, 30 minutes. Are the best, and it is unexcusably <laughs> amazing with the awful dad jokes. It is it yes. is the ride. And that's what I was like sitting down. I was telling Brandon, I was like, this is my favorite ride from Disney World. And if it's like, I, the only thing that would make me happy is if it's just horrible dad jokes beginning to end and it opens strong. It does not and disappoint. Yeah. With the awful Goes straight dad jokes. Yeah. At, at
0: one point, they get captured and he's, he makes a dad joke. And they're like, seriously? And he's like, I can't turn it off. <laughs>
1: yeah the backside of water
3: yeah
1: all that uh, <laughs> like the rock did a really do... good job the eighth <laughs> oh. wonder of
3: the world the backside of water
1: uh the we were surprised i did not expect it but the jungle cruise was still in christmas mode
3: when oh, we went down cruise. so
1: they had all like christmasy jokes for it
3: for uh, uh, holiday I've jokes i've yet to be able to do jingle cruise so mm-hmm. that's awesome
2: I feel like Jungle Cruise is just diehard. <laughs> <laughs> what? Mm, never mind. After the show, Casey.
3: Oh, that's, after <laughs> we got to talk, you got to see the new scenes and everything, in the Jungle Cruise, and I've not gotten to experience those. I'm mm-hmm. the the new scenes that they've put in.
1: They've changed some stuff around. Yeah. All
3: right. Uh, All right. As larger brewing reached the Baltic countries in the mid 1800s, many of the breweries there saw no need to maintain maintained their warm fermenting ale yeasts these beers <laughs> these beers quietly became cold fermented lagers losing some of the free character that the ale yeasts had imparted malts changed too with early brown malts giving way to blends of pale and black patent malts
2: <sighs> lazy bastards
0: <laughs> all right well that's
2: all i got to say about that come on <laughs> give me give me some weird sh-
1: uh weird stuff <laughs> yeah so the brown malts like as they were as they were moving on in the malting process. They went from these these malts that were brown because they couldn't get anything lighter. Because the kind of the way it, it was made, it was really hard to get a very light colored malt. Um, that was also dry. And then they were able to lighten up the malts, so they didn't have to make a brown malt just because that was the how far they had to roast it in order for or to host it basically for it to dry out but the black patent malt side of things where they actually roasted one kind of came in to offset the color change so malts got lighter so somebody made a malt that was darker so that it could offset the the malts that did get lighter but my, you did lose you lost some flavor when you you moved that way
2: i mean that's true my real my real problem is with the uh, abandoning of the yeast think uh-huh. of the children <laughs> Well, think today, of the children the and the their... billions
1: and well, no, at that point I've got billions per milliliter. So you're looking at the the googillions, whatever, of children from that yeast cell.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, today a number of breweries in the Baltic region and beyond produce strong porters. Few have retained their original strength of over 10% alcohol by volume. But they typically show a strong licorice-like roast character and the high bitterness that would have been common in a beer designed to travel. Most land ab- or most land between 6% and 8% ABV. Both the... Uh, That's right.
2: Most of the lands you'll find are between <laughs> 6 and 8% ABV.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sinembrokrof and the Carnegie Breweries were eventually acquired by Carlsberg. Sure. And both still produce... Full-bodied, bottom-fermented porters at their respective breweries in Falkenberg, Sweden, and uh, Kavala, or Kavala Finian, Finland. I can't read. These are dark brown rather than black, quite dry, and almost Venice, Venice or vinus, I don't know. Venus.
1: <laughs> v- Vinius. Neither. Uh, with vinous. notes
0: of chocolate and raisins. In recent, it's like
1: uh, like wine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I knew what it meant, but I'm like, how would you go about? this? Okay. Um, in recent years, American craft brewers have picked up the style as well, seeking to make smooth, strong, roasty lagers with notable aging potential.
1: Yeah, so even though the older versions, the traditional versions are more bitter, much more close to imperial style, the the Americanized versions or the, the versions you're probably going to find in stores have now moved down quite a bit to that hey, we're smooth lager that has some of these same characters, so not the same bitterness.
2: I probably would have been closer to style if i had grabbed the old rasputin i had seen down there but i've used that so many times for the show that i'm it's, just like no a not lot of again
3: <laughs> so another aside uh in some of the beer groups that i'm in it's to see people just getting into craft and then being like i almost like wanted to roll over and die for being old because it was someone being like they were having their first old rasputin and posting about it <gasps> in a facebook group and I, like they're they have to be young because there's like, has anyone ever had this before? This thing is so chocolatey and <laughs> and I just wanted to be like my sweet summer child. Welcome to Boy,
2: We were <laughs> You merely adopted the start. We were born to it.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: God, honestly, we we came up when that was the we, we started our our, our our craft drinking, I guess when that was the the the, the thing
0: the di- yeah the
3: the dirt <laughs> the shiznit taste, taste uh, that dirt it's our dirt yeah um uh, uh, what was it what's the one from victory that we had that was just like it tasted like dirt to our palates uh, at the time was it dirt wolf oh yeah yeah that was it
2: okay i okay. <laughs> i don't recall it so
0: i don't remember that either um but yeah so uh speaking of the American uh, craft styles of things. The BJCP has some things to say. Uh, a Baltic porter often has the malt flavors reminiscent of an English porter and the restrained roast of a Schwartz beer with a higher OG and alcohol content than either. Very complex was, with multi-layered malt and dark fruit flavors.
2: Just try not to fall into Gilbert and Sullivan and going, he is an English porter <laughs> instead of an Englishman.
0: Uh, in appearance, it's dark reddish copper to opaque dark brown, but never black. So that's, I guess, where it differs from the stout for the most part. Uh, it, should, it should look thick with a persistent tan-colored head, clear, although darker versions can be opaque due to the color. Uh, the aroma will have a rich malty sweetness, often containing caramel, toffee, nutty to deep toast, and or licorice notes. Deep
2: toast. That feels like it's a, <laughs>
0: deep
2: toast. It's, like a D, it's a D. That's and D term right there. Oh, the deep toast. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's an underdark. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Look, I just ran a campaign where I introduced them to the penny arcade of the deep crow. So, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, uh, complex alcohol and ester profile of moderate strength and reminiscent of plums, prunes, raisins, cherries, or currants. Occasionally with a venice port-like quality. Uh, Some darker malt character that is deep chocolate, coffee, or molasses, but never burnt. And no hops or sourness aroma.
2: I thought when you said venice, I was like, wait, like venison? No, never mind. (laughs) I misheard.
0: It's just a weird word. Um, As with aroma, the flavor is a rich malty sweetness, complex blend of deep malt, dried fruit esters, and alcohol. It has a prominent yet smooth schwarzbier like roasted flavor that stops short of burnt. <laughs> I want that description to be on everything. Really. <laughs> it stops short of being burnt. Uh, mouth-filling and very smooth, clean lager character, and starts sweet, but darker malt flavors quickly dominate and persist through the finish.
2: Casey, I'm going, in, my, in the upcoming D&D game I'm running, where they're in the Underdark, they are going to be uh, I'm just gonna start like having have them come across brewers and they're using deep malt the yes the, the under hop yes.
3: uh, <laughs> under malt
2: Jeez. oh my god that should be a Schwartz beer right
1: the under malt. the under malt right the the the, uh, the under hop the under hop for sure either way um stop short of burnt is how I like my scotch.
2: <laughs> Uh, I feel like you're just not trying hard enough. I
3: mean, <laughs> my scotch needs to be a bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get into
0: that uh, later in this year. Um, just a touch Ooh. dry with a hint of roast coffee or licorice in the finish. Uh, the malt can have a caramel, toffee, nutty, molasses, and or licorice complexity. How is it? I want to know how molasses is an and or with licorice. Or does
1: um, it just is it everything in the, the list last. before it? So the commas are also
2: andor's instead of just ants. No, I think it's it's got to be the last bit is is andor.
0: See, and that's where the Oxford comma is very important. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, oh. Light hints of black currant and dark fruits. Uh, medium low to medium bitterness from molten hops, just to provide balance. And then the hop flavor from slightly spicy hops ranges from none to medium low. Um, generally, this beer has a quite uh, full bodied and smooth, well aged alcohol warmth. Uh, medium to medium high carbonation, making it seem even more mouth filling. Not heavy on the tongue, though, due to the carbonation level. Uh,
1: so I take that well-aged alcohol warmth to be like no high alcohols, like mm-hmm. you're looking not looking for like the, the appley
2: alcohol not esters. Yeah, not looking for like alcohols of like, hey man, how's it <laughs> going?
0: Indeed. Um, uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um. So the typical ingredients for this beer include lager yeast, uh. Is that, <laughs> should that be wort? <laughs> uh, or cold fermented ale yeast, as is required when brewed in Russia. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Is that like uh, their Reinheisgut situation?
1: So, well, cold fermented ale yeast apparently is the way, whenever this is done in Russia, they use the L yeast versus the lager yeast, which could be used most other places.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Hmm.
2: I don't know why for some reason tonight every time we've distinguished between ale and lager yeast I just keep like I have a lager yeast. I have an ale yeast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take a cider drink.
2: Take a lager drink.
0: It's just a day for getting things in your head. um bittered chocolate or black malt. Munich or Vienna based malt. Continental hops. Uh, is it Sazer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, typically. so uh, Then it may also contain crystal malts or adjuncts, and then brown or amber malt is common in historical recipes. Um, yeah. Back and when it, they had a
1: harder time making light color malts. Right.
0: Uh, six and a half to nine and a half percent ABV is what you're seeing in most of these, uh, most of the style, and then 20 to 40 IBUs, and then those other things there um, are probably S-R- important.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like your SRM to let you know, kind of, that's your your. So-
1: Okay. Yeah, it's your color, basically. Yeah. Standard reference measure, it's your color, seventeen wow. to thirty. Thirty is pretty much close to black. Oh. Um, so you're at the very end of that spectrum if you're at black.
2: I feel like I feel like porters like this are probably darker than and it's it, it's it's a it's a, it's an instrument it's it's a measurement of inches, I guess, but it's the uh, uh, like Guinness where you're like, oh yeah, no, that's red.
1: Yeah, you've mm. probably gone too far if you're at Guinness Color. Mm. Um, you want to see some brown highlights, very much how you would see the red highlights, but you want to see some brown highlights around the edges as like that meniscus is coming up the glass mm. instead of having the red or, or real black even at that level. you know, Having that, that brownish color I think is what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, I was just mentioning because I was thinking of uh, uh, Guinness. Honestly, like when I look at it now, all I can see is red.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. especially the Ruby.
1: Um, so classic examples are really actually kind of difficult to find here in the states, Um, aren't they? (laughs) Some of these have been uh, in alphabetical order, not in order of how close they are. The Aldaris Porteris, love that Porteris last name. Uh, Baltica number six Porter. Uh, Baltica, I think, is the brewery.
2: Little bit of in my mind, little.
1: and I think they do other other beers. And forgive me for being crude, but the reason I remember that is I heard somebody talking about the Ball Tickler.
3: Oh, God. that's a um, throwback to we, high school.
1: Probably. Well, no, I mean I wasn't drinking or even interested no, in beer not in high school.
3: About, no, not drinking. Um, it's, yeah, that's it's an aside thing. <laughs>
1: It may be one of the other podcasts I'll listen to or something, but um, the one that you will probably find a little bit easier here in the States uh, is the Devil's Backbone Danzig because it's now owned by Anheuser-Busch. Um, Occam Porter, I'm guessing that's – or
2: Okim. Sorry, I was just thinking of Occam's Porter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Simplest <laughs> Porter is always correct.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, yeah uh, no, that's, that's it. Sorry. The Senator Breitshoff Porter and the Zvik, or the Zvik, I think it's Zvik maybe, Zvike Porter.
2: Zvik. Um, Zvik, Dry.
1: So Dry. Zvike. is Dry. Close enough. Uh, so on beerandbrewing.com, Josh Weikert has uh, written up a, a good kind of rundown of brewing a Porter or a Baltic Porter. Um, so. He says this about this. Uh, you can thread this needle of of kind of doing the best Baltic porter by choosing the best ingredients for the job. Simply, you choose good attenuated minded uh, sorry attenuation minded lager yeast like a German lager yeast. Um, White Labs 530, I think, something like that. So, it produces a crisp beer with just a touch of pit fruit esters. So, thinking like nectarine, peaches, those uh, plums, those types of fruits, uh, and fully ferments even at a sub 50 degree temperature. All my lagers right now are fermented at 50 degrees usually. So, that is, and then ramped up from there. So, it, you can really push this lager yeast even lower and it will still behave well. Uh, when it comes to hops, you're going to have to fight the urge to over-bitter this beer, he says. Uh, in the quest to avoid an overly sweet beer, the natural inclination is to increase the IBUs. The reason that mainly won't work here is that you're trying to make a very smooth filling beer and uh, a lager taste that goes with it.
3: Uh, so, this uh, it just popped in my head, and now it won't leave. I got... Uh... All my all my lager yeast in my head to the to the tune of all the single ladies. Hmm.
1: All oh, the lager yeasts. All the oh, lager, lager yeast.
3: All oh, my lager yeast.
1: I think we did that in harmony too.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you don't want anything more than thirty to thirty-five IBUs, or you run the risk of undermining the effort of making it very smooth. Uh, this is like an imperial stout. But it's not bitter like an imperial stout can be, and especially like the imperial stouts from the states have really pushed. Um, 100 IBU imperial stouts are nothing to, to laugh at now. I mean, that's the, kind of the standard. Um, you want a 60 minute hop edition of a steering Golding's hops. Sorry, of it 60 minutes, that bittering hop edition. You can use anything. You're really not getting a whole lot of flavor out of it. You're not pushing a whole lot of hop bitterness, so you use anything you want at that point. Once you get to the 10 minutes, you can add something like a Goldings, a Steering Goldings, so you're getting more of an herbal, earthy flavor um, that kind of sticks with the beer, doesn't just fall out of the beer. And so this beer is going to be aged long-term. You want to make sure that some of that hop aroma sticks around, but not too much.
2: I'm picturing someone trying to use like citra hops on it.
1: There's, I mean, with the craft beer scene, you could definitely do whatever you want and get potentially something that, that is good. I mean, we talk a lot about styles in a traditional sense because there's really – we can come in here and, and – like you just made the statement about citra hops in a Baltic porter. Mm-hmm. We could come in here and talk about that, but there's really not a whole lot beyond that. So the historical side would be definitely against citrus. But right. nothing to say that that wouldn't work other than the fact that citrus and, and dark malts or roasty malts may may give a little acrid flavor. But
2: Right. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of yeah. more like what I was leaning towards, because like, you, you're just the idea, like, you can use whatever halts you want. I was like, I feel like the hops for Citra probably aren't going oh. to go well with that. I'm
3: sure people experimented it, with that because it was just a couple of years ago that we saw the chocolate orange stout thing. Get uh, crazy yeah. it, and everyone had a, to do a chocolate orange stout
1: one of the um the partners in the brewery has been asking me to try to do some chocolate so no sorry no coffee and orange combo oh, okay. and he he did it as a uh, cake um i think it was an orange cake with a coffee glaze or something like that and it works well i just cannot get those flavors to go in a beer and make it taste good i've just not found anything that does well that way
2: yeah i'm thinking of like uh at that point i was like what's the like um the wonder balls they're like like, like the, yeah. the chocolate yeah, yeah.
1: that's you what
3: smack they're it. going for yeah and that's when i think of that i'm thinking all the breweries that are able to successfully pull off the flavors and not be an acrid vomit mess in your mouth mm. are mm-hmm. just using chemical flavorings like there's nothing natural about it
1: you know i've i've even tried that route um so our flavoring company produced a um, orange pill version of it, and so I had a a more chocolatey beer that I just tried to dose a little bit, one or two drops, and I could not get it to balance. I don't know. It's just a a weird flavor. Coffee, orange, all that. Oh, and I had some espresso flavor as well. I Mm. tried with it, but I could not make it work. Mm. It's a weird one. For me, at least my palate. Um, So... This beer is made in the malt itself. This is a malt-driven beer. Um, to give yourself a good, rich base, you start with a two-to-one ratio of Munich to Pilsner. So double the Munich that you use to the Pilsner as your base malts. Uh, typically on my brews, I like to use about 90% of the beers as base malt. In this one, you may even want to go higher, mostly because you are are kind of adding in some flavors and some darkness with this. So, Sorry, go higher with the Crystal... And the, the dark colored malts rather than the, um, the ones that are bringing in just alcohol and a little bit of toastiness with the Munich malt. Um, but what it's saying here is uh, add some complexity by adding some really flavorful and characterful malts. Uh, Faucet crystal, so that's Thomas Faucet. Um, they're an English maltster. 65 on that. So toffee notes. Um, 65 should also have some plum notes. Uh, maybe, uh, even starting to get into that date note flavor, uh, Brees extra special malt has some really cool flavors. That's almost like, um, I forget on this one. It's, it's sort of a toasted marshmallowy type of flavor. It's a, it's a little weird, but it's, it's got some toast to it that is, is like you would get on the outside of a toasted marshmallow and Carafa too, which is a pretty black malt. Um, it is, it is a dehusk malt, de bitter malt. So you don't get – oh, yeah, the next line down there. So you don't get – I'm not even on that paragraph, but I was just trying to remember what that was there. (laughs) Um, So you don't get any of the actual astringency. Now, in the, the recipe here, it talks about using just a little bit of the pale chocolate or a chocolate rye to give it a chocolate flavor. Without adding roastedness to it, but only a little bit, because if you go too heavy on those, you are going to get some roasty notes. Um, so it says here there shouldn't be any sweetness left in this beer for balance. Um, the beer will be sweet enough with a high alcohol content. So once you get a dry beer like this, the alcohol content can actually cause a perception of sweetness. Um, and because yeah, okay, of that, I get that. Yeah, because of that, you don't need any roastiness or bitterness uh, for that to balance out um, –
2: but what if you just really like roastiness?
1: Well, the, make it make it. <laughs> I was going to say
2: then this is not this this is not the style for you. Try
1: uh, yeah. a different one. Just don't call it the style, or do and you know make the caveat, caveat that it's a more roasty version. Um, I'm drinking of something tonight that has some roastiness in it. Could be pretty close, but you know they call it something else. Yeah. Um, would, <laughs> a rose by any other name is still a sweet. Well, that's if it smells like a rose.
2: A beer as strong as any other it will still get you drunk.
1: Yeah. Um, so you want to ferment this starting very cold. Again, lager, you want to drive home the fact that this is supposed to be a smooth, easy drinking beer. I think the mentality behind creating this beer was we want something high in alcohol but as smooth as drinking a um, – uh, call it a Budweiser or you know something very similar to those german lagers in there in their flavor profile maybe a little bit more because of the color of the malts that they could get their hands on at the time but give it to me so it warms me up at 8% alcohol
2: i have i have a thought this is this is a quick aside imagine you had a time machine hold on and you bring bud light
1: well, I, uh, let me let me and you uh, I, I imagine i have, have like a time machine Hitler. all the time
2: Right, you, and you bring Bud Light to to ye old beer drinkers. Yes. Do you think they drink it like people do now, or do you think people would look at it and go, "What are you doing to me"?
3: I mean, it depends on what time period you go. You might go back far enough, and they're like, "Oh, you just brought us, you know, clean water." <laughs> I, I think it. Look ends at that; up. you can
2: see all the way through it. That's that's got to be water.
1: I think it ends up in a, a situation like Jesus turning water into wine. Yeah. And the people are like, this is the best, highest quality that we've ever seen. Um, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, and that's that's what got it popular kind of at its time.
1: Yeah. The so. quality of the product. And we've just seen quality turn into um, flavorless.
3: Yeah. I will say, Which, so we're talking about the, it should be easy drinking, the Baltic Porter. Yeah. like if it, To the darker style. And when you look at it and you hear Baltic Porter, you're going into this and it's lager yeasts, And you start to get kind of worried at what you're looking at. And you're like, am I getting into like, you know, dark lager, Schwartz beer territory? Like what What am I about to get into? And it's like, you start to drink and you're like, no, this is actually just like it goes down smooth and it, it's mm. got all the right stuff for that easy drinking. It's, it's pretty dry. So you just you keep wanting another drink and another drink and another drink.
2: Yeah. That's and that's the danger.
1: Yeah. Um, I just made a dark lager with some weird ingredients. So you know how you get cacao nibs? Like through the inside of the, the cocoa pod.
2: You got cacao blunts?
1: I got cacao shells?
2: So I mean, throw- I feel like that's pretty close to cacao blunts.
1: <laughs> it's a it's a throwaway product that they typically will roast cacao in its husk or in its shell and then they'll take the nibs out of the middle of the shell it's like the nut husk or whatever i guess i don't know um and then they just throw them away well i ran into a kentucky chocolate roaster who gave me some and they are wonderful like as far as a flavor component goes they taste like pure chocolate bar well smell like Smell like pure chocolate bar, but they have no, like, they're too husky. They're not something you want to actually eat. So we throw them in the mash now, or we threw them in a mash in a um, dark lager, and they've come through quite well. Ooh, so wow. it's yeah. kind of an ingredient that I've never used before, and I'm not seeing anybody else use it commercially. So we'll see what we can do. But four pounds made a good dent, and I've got 25 pounds coming. So oh, wow. we'll see. Secret's what, out, look, Casey. look
3: at Casey doing uh, some green business there, taking a waste yeah. product and... Making it a, a main ingredient.
1: Yeah, well, and if we can do that plus some other cocoa product, maybe just throw in some cocoa nibs and cocoa husks, it'll be a cool little combo on top. Dry, dry nibbit. See, um,
2: I, I was thinking of the last cocoa product I had when I was down there last. The, uh, the, the, the cake.
1: Oh, the uh, yeah was that cocoa though yeah I guess it was a little bit yeah I wasn't that was a it, a dry stout
2: yeah that that was that was an experiment but that was
1: yeah, yeah. experimental keg I wasn't a big fan of that um I, but yeah, yeah I it could was see something that. different
2: yeah Well, we can talk about it sometime later but <laughs> tweak the so.
1: Beeps. Starts your fermentation colder, about two degrees below the traditional lager fermentation that you would use. So for us, it would be about 48 degrees. And then every day, you can kick it up one degree. Like, just let it slow rise. And the idea there is that the yeasts throw off their bad flavors earlier on in their life cycle. And so you can start them off really slow while they're in that multiplication phase and trying to build up their population. That's when they're going to throw bad flavors. And so if you're doing slow and low, it gives them more time. It gives them more acclimation to their environment. And you can just start pushing them and start working them harder and harder so they don't get lazy more or less i mean that that's really what's happening is they're falling out of solution and not fermenting completely so you keep increasing the temperature and they'll clean up after themselves so a a degree per day until you're up to about 60 degrees um and then you just set it and forget it like a rompapil turkey for two weeks um that is the lagering period really that you're you're focusing on that next two weeks but it's a hot lager, so you're not just doing you know 40 degrees for months on end, it really helps it clean up a lot faster because you've warmed them up. It's a fast lager process. I use it at the brewery all the time because we're commercial. We try to crank beers out, but also want them to be good. So I can crank out a lager in three to four weeks instead of the normal six to eight weeks.
2: All right. Real quick, Chris, Chris did you do the same thing I did in your brain when he said, uh, yeah, and that's when you push it and you just hear, ba, ba, da, 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 da good good. Well, all right.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm just seeing the list. Impressive.
2: <laughs> oh, for, for what we're drinking for. Yeah.
3: Well, let's. Yeah, get yeah. That, they actually. they
2: have something impressive. <laughs> I.
3: Ours was just like a random hit. it. Yeah. Drink with me, friend. So I've not well. Okay, we bought the. I was unable to find the uh, holiday cheers pack from Sam Adams during the season. Mm. And then after new year, we went to uh, Costco. Costco and they still had like the Costco sized pack. Oh, and God, I, I wish was, I had like, the Costco sized pack of that. I was just like, I don't care how many extra beers we're getting. I need old Fetty wig. Mm. So we bought the thing and it's absolutely loaded. It's like 48 beers or some ludicrous stuff.
2: There's- there's not a bad, there's not a, like a, a, an awful beer in
3: there. I've been through one <laughs> of each. They're all pretty solid. I just say the yeah. holiday
0: <laughs> collection is always pretty great,
3: actually. Yeah, well, except for last year when they didn't do old Fezziwig. Right, right, right. And Cincinnati was the only place you could get it because they were doing it on draft at the tap room, which they were doing crowlers of this year. And I thought that was going to be what I had to resort to because when I finally was in the mood for an old Fezziwig, it was sold. All the packs were sold out. And they weren't like they were pushing the whatever football pack what they've got out now. And I was like, that's horse crap. Anyway, I got gifted a whole bunch of beer. I've not had to purchase beer outside of that. Every, everyone was just like, here, we we just got you this random assorted sis, six pack. And it's all been like massive, just home runs, every single beer in the packs. It's just like these gigantic home runs of people who knew nothing about beer. Just being like, we we knew you liked beer. So we just went, we put this together. Hope you like them. And I'm just like, if I had gone to do a Crepe Mount six pack, this is what it would have been. I, was like, yeah. I
2: wish I wish I had people who would be like, Hey, here's your gift. Have some beer. I had to like go out and buy beer for the first time in a while though, and I'm just like, Oh god. I I don't have like my vast stores of, of <laughs> alcohol to fall back on.
3: Well, that's I mean, my I had to do a new kind of uh, New Year's resolution. A lot of people doing dry January and everything. Well, my thing has been I have to drink more because <laughs> I keep buying it. And it just keeps piling up and it never gets drank. And it's because we do a lot of social drinking. Guess what? Over the last two years, we've not been very social.
0: I was going to say, like, there's always that, like, save it for a special occasion. There aren't any special occasions <laughs> anymore. Like, you yeah, just, pretty you much drink it. me Fine. saving
3: it for the end of times and me and Jesus will split it. Like, that's kind of <laughs> what it's become. So it's like, no, I've got to, like, so I'm on, like, a. I have to have at least one beer a day. To work through this, it's like a lot of people doing dry January. I'm like, get lit January. We got to burn through this cellar. <laughs> Chris anyway. is
1: like, uh, dry January means dry hop January.
3: <laughs> yeah, I gotta there we go dry hop the Januaries. Yeah. But anyway, I gotta, I, I'm required to take some
2: time off in the first part of this year, and I'm like, man, I have to go visit my family, and by that I mean you guys.
3: Yeah, come up here. Let's let's yeah, go. Yeah. Help me crash through this thing. You know how much Dark Lord I've got piled up? Anyway, enough uh, for both of us. Someone. Someone gifted me a can of a, a two-style beer, and I looked at it and said, how fortuitous. Wait,
1: two-style?
3: It's two-style. To, uh, oh, two-style, two not, not styles. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, this is Krampus Coal from Westside Brewing, a Cincinnati brewery. It's a Baltic-style porter with whole vanilla beans added. It was 7.8% oh. alcohol and 39 IBUs. And it has wow. a 3.95 on uh, <laughs> Beer Advocate. It was delicious. That's pretty good. Uh, the vanilla bean wasn't as forward as I was thinking it was going to be, but I think no, that's it, because it's a little older.
0: It has like a yeah. uh, a little like roasty, almost smoky quality. Which to we it. now
3: know is not Ooh. to style. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <'Cause> <laughs> it, it had me and I'm fine.
3: <laughs> and then we chased that with, uh, because we have... Uh, because we have it. <laughs> what's known as a metric shit ton of uh Sam Adams holiday nice. porter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so that's the Which you know American American version porter. I
0: feel like it's sweeter than the other one. It's was. a lot
3: sweeter. You don't get the like dark stone fruity kind of things going on.
0: You get the plum kind of
3: a little bit of plum, but it is just overly sweet in comparison to the yeah. Baltic Porter.
0: Very different.
2: So uh, I was I was not quite able to, to drink to style because I could not find anything at my nearby liquor barn for uh, for this, which was a risk. I was I was running, but I knew I could find at least one porter. Mm. One I had not had in a while. Yeah. I might need some help uh, saying the name. As it is. Oh, On the
3: Edmund Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. All right. Yeah. yeah
2: in fairness. Trying to do that over Skype call was, uh, was probably asking a bit much.
3: I, I was trying, and the ducking said no.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, but no. Uh, from uh, Great Lakes Brewing, it's their porter. It's six uh, percent uh, uh, ABV. I have not had this in a good minute. Hmm. Uh, like, there's just always something else to have other than this. Uh, uh, but I saw it about. down there. was like I remember once upon a time enjoying this beer.
3: That can be said about all Great Lakes. I don't, I don't ah, that's that's, that's the problem.
2: Life. Like they don't make necessarily uh, bad beer. They just it's just, make, just they don't make. There was one time, beer.
1: and I distinctly remember it in your apartment. And I, you know, I don't know if it was one apartment or two apartments ago. I think it was just one apartment ago. I lived in one of them for a very long time. Yeah, I think it was at that one. Um, that. It was about the same time I was duct taping your yeah. uh, your table.
2: Had to have been what, like ten years ago now?
1: Something like that. But we got a box of of it was a twelve pack of Great Lakes beers. Mm-hmm. It might have been one of the
2: first times I had them.
1: Yeah, and I was not a fan of many of their beers at all.
2: Huh. Uh, I I mean I could see that like they're they're yeah, but I I don't what think I think. That-
1: And not because I think they're bad beers or anything. What I think was it was a 12-pack that was a mixed 12-pack that had probably sat there for a while and sat warm, and it just aged, and we weren't looking at that stuff as much then. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, The Evan Fitzgerald is solid. It's roasty. It's not quite the style for the episode, but it is at least a porter. Um, It is – it's going to sound weird. It's roasty and clean. Like it's, you taste roast. And that's about it.
3: Yeah. Uh, so it's the exact opposite. of So what very Schwarzbart, Schwarzbier.
2: It's it is closer. I feel like it is closer in flavor to a Schwarzbier than than mm. you know other other things I've had. I don't hate it. I enjoy it. Um, but it is, it is what it is. Um, yeah. It is. I will say it. It is definitely not a Baltic Porter. Uh, hmm. but it is in that like it, it I would call like an American porter.
0: Hmm. Nice. How
2: about cool. you, Casey? What have you got?
1: Um uh semi close to style, I'm drinking Imperial Stout on my end. Carl uh, Strauss's Rec Alley. Uh, it was one of the few beers that I have left from when Ashley went out to California and brought me back a, a good old stash of beers. So um, it's 9% alcohol, so it hit the alcohol. It's made with L yeast, though, so a negative there. 45 IBUs, so a little bit over on the the bitterness, um, and also 100 SRM, so it's very very black. Um, although I still get some ruby tinges um, and tan notes on the edge of this one in my glass, which is interesting. I don't,
2: I don't know if you can completely get rid of of some of those ruby notes. Right.
1: Um. Yeah. That, that's just part of some of those black malts. They show up like that. Um. Let's see what else 88 points on uh, beer advocate so pretty decent beer and it's set in semi-cold storage i've got one closet that stays a little bit colder than the rest of the house so um it's been treated decently well since it's set on a shelf in california and had dealt with the temperature changes
2: yeah um
1: yeah i can't tell i can't find oh wait maybe there's the date um Looks like a Best Buy date of three months from now. So we're oh. good.
2: Okay. I was going to say a uh, a date of December 7th, 1941.
1: <laughs> Although um, it, it's an Enjoy by date. I guess that's what that means. EJB. Yeah. Um, but it's 4-16-22, which makes me wonder, is it potentially a one-year Enjoy Buy that they've got on their beers?
2: Maybe. That's I a mean, long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not imperial.
3: Yeah. it's it's
2: it's a porter or it's a yeah, it's an imperial stout. I, I expect you can give that thing a whole year for an enjoy buy. Yeah.
3: Yep. I mean longer depending.
2: Depending on your seller. Yes. Yeah. Um all
1: right. Uh today's show written by Casey Price myself, uh, using sources from those online and books that I mentioned in the um in the Show itself so BJCP, Oxford Companion of Beer, and beerandbrewing.com, where Josh Weikert wrote most of the, the piece that we talked about for the beer, um, or sorry, for the brewing, of the beer like
2: that. No, for the beer. I did yeah. almost want to joke though, when he was like, the key to making a good Baltic Porter, is to use good ingredients. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I was I was debating no crap. how much do I change this. I, I wanted to give credit, but how much do I change his words from that to oh. my own? And, and yeah, there were some like – I did a little bit of, of upkeep yeah. to kind of make it less, okay, this is a blog. Mm. Um,
2: it made more sense in terms of like what, what was actually kind of going on. I just meant like when I saw that, I was like – Oh, really? Your key <laughs> secret is use better ingredients. All right, Papa
1: Use the
3: correct yeah, ones. Right, yeah. All better right. ingredients, better beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to use it. I mean, it's not the same, so we're going to use it. Um, mm. Subscribe and get some great resources, though, at haveadrakeshow.com. Follow us at Have a Show on social media and twitch.tv.
2: Uh, don't forget, you can uh, tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Use the email address, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Use the feedback page on the website, or, um, I mean, I have heard a couple people scream into the ether, but it's been obscenities, and we can't we can't really use too many of those. Don't air that.
3: All joking, fun aside, would like to remind everyone. To please drink responsibly, not like us on New Year's Eve. Well, I guess we were responsible. We, no one... we weren't going anywhere.
2: We were trapped We were trapped somewhere and I felt fine the next day after after I looked deep into that garbage can. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Look, you had prospectors in that garbage can getting that gold. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Well, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode and remember to check out patreon.com/ have a drink show. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
3: I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker.
1: Not case surprise, we shall see you next time.
3: Bye, Bye. guys. <laughs> <laughs>